Hey, everybody. I am holding true to my word, and I am back one week later with another podcast. It was not easy, but I just made sure I carved out time and was like, okay, this is important to me. This is um, something that I need to make sure I spend time on. It really, really showed true yesterday when someone tagged me on Facebook saying that they heard something I said in my podcast that really resonated with them. And they felt like the Lord was trying to deliver those words directly to them. So I felt like that was my sign of the Lord saying, this is important. This is something that you can do that helps you live out your purpose of loving on people. So this is something that you need to make sure you spend time on. That kind of leads us into today's topic, which is dealing with overwhelm. And what better time than us entering into this holiday season to be able to kind of talk about this? Um, this is kind of a rant of mine because I have really tried to lean into living a slower life. And guys, this world wants to move at lightning speed. I mean, everybody is go, go, go. They're obsessed with the word busy. That is like the hustle life. We see it everywhere. Hashtag boss mom. Like the hustle is what is, is just the norm now. But as I think about that, I think about the world and how little I want to be like the world. Everywhere in the Bible, it constantly reminds us that we are not to be of this world. Really, we need to be completely opposite of this world. So as I find myself annoyed at the stress and chaos surrounding meetings, about meetings, planning out each sports season, parades, field trips, permission slips, dress-up days, parties, holidays, tests, the list goes on and on and on. I just want to talk about some things that I do to help me deal with overwhelm. Um, in, I was reading this morning in this verse, like, well, this couple of verses really, really stuck out to me. So in 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it says, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they are from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So seeing that, like I'm like, oh, yes, that's exactly what I needed to hear this morning. I don't want to be like the world. If the world wants to move quick, like, that's fine with me. I'm not going to. So what do we do? We, we obviously still have to live in this world. Like, my kids go to public school. They have friends. I have friends. I don't want to just sit at my house all the time and be a hermit. Like, so, so what do we do? How do we deal with the overwhelm that comes with all of the things that they're throwing at us? So I'm going to give you four, like, kind of, tips today that I use, um, not always perfectly. Sometimes I'm still running the rat race, but here are four things I really, really try to think about whenever I am choosing what I'm going to spend time on. And when I do start to feel that super, super overwhelming feeling that y'all, let's just be real. It's distraction. It distracts you from what your purpose is. Then these are four things I go back to. So number one, praying for clarity and direction. 
that sounds so simple, but a lot of times when I am faced with things coming my way that I don't, they're just kind of thrown at you. It's constantly like, like I said before, you know, it's a permission slip. It's this, it's that. It's that you need to buy this, do this fundraiser, be a part of this committee, do this. So I sit back and I ask God, what do you want me to be doing? He does not want us to have a plate that's so filled over that we can't handle it. He's not here to give us overwhelm and anxiety and stress. So I sat back and I, I asked God, God, what things on my plate have you given to me? And when I really look at it, y'all, he doesn't, half the stuff that I put on myself, he does not expect of me. He expects very, very, very little from me. And a lot of times we, are, we go out and we're trying to do things out of duty because sometimes we think the more we do, the better off we are. But that is not true. So I, when I pray to him and then I start to like meditate on the things, these are the things I look, okay, does what I'm doing help advance the kingdom? Most of the time, no. <laughs> does it directly help my kids or my husband? And going on to that more, if it doesn't directly help them, does it take time away from them? And granted, there are some things in life that they have, like my job, for instance, I have to make time for my job. That is something that God has given me. It's a way for me to support my family. So yes, sometimes it takes time away from my kids and my husband, but that's kind of a have to. So are there things on your plate that are taking time away from the people that God has placed in your life just because you feel like you should or you want to? And then the last thing is, am I able to be the person that God called me to be in these situations? So if you're part of something, when you're there, are you able to uphold the values that God has given you? Are you able to, um, I mean, are you doing things that advance the kingdom? Are you being a witness? Or when you're in these situations, are you distracted by worldly things? such as gossip or other distractions or negativity. So really, really thinking about the things you put on your plate, how those things make you feel. And if those are things that God has given to you. Sometimes we flood ourselves with so much stuff that we think we're supposed to be doing. We miss out on the one thing that God is placing in front of us that he has for us, that he wants us to do, that's going to fill us with joy. So the second thing um, I remind myself of and I do is don't buy into the chaos. Y'all, we are in this world of just rat race. Like how quickly can we get our kids involved in all these activities? How many times can you know we do things for ourselves? So um, one big thing for us is sports. We live in an area to where sports are huge and we have two boys who are about to be eight years old. They're very athletic, but we decided to take a year off of sports. And every time I say that, people look at us like we have four heads. But there's a reason why we did that. One, why do we think we always have to be signed up for something? We, everyone I talk to, they're, they're involved in something. But why? Why can't we allow our kids just to be kids at home and play outside and be able to have dinner at the table without having to run through Chick-fil-A because we're in between practices. I understand that kids do 
become very passionate about some of the things that they're involved in. But I'm not sure that my almost eight-year-olds even understand what passion is. And we want them to, to know, to be able to recognize what they love and that they get to make the choice. Now, this year, they've been mad at us a lot of times because we're like, no, we're not, we're not doing that this year. We're not signing up for this because they want to go do it. But it's mostly for them like a social thing. Um, they, I say they're mad. They say like once or twice and then they never even think about it again. But they've really, really enjoyed their time at home. And I've had a lot of people say, well, I feel like if my kids take off a season, then they're going to be behind. Or um, they have to do certain sports in order to be able to do certain sports now in order to be able to try out when they get to like the middle school, high school thing. But I step back and I look at that again. How worldly is that to think that if it is God's will for one of my sons or both of my sons to be a superstar athlete, then me taking one year for them to slow down and find things they're passionate about and learn responsibilities at home and just spend time together as a family. If it is God's will for them to be these superstar athletes, they will still be them. I wholeheartedly believe most of the people who make it in just sports in general, they have God-given talents. There's not a coach out there that can make your kid a superstar if that's not God's will for his life. And look, I am all about being the next Mama Kelsey. Like, I am instilling that in my boys. I would love for them to be playing for two different NFL teams, and I would get on the plane and go see one of them, see the other, wear the half-and-half jersey at the Super Bowl. That sounds like a ton of fun to me. But they're eight. So I'm like, boys, y'all just get out in the yard. Y'all have a good time. Um, Perfect those skills, because one day you're going to make Mama proud by taking care of her. But for real, like, I mean, my husband was a fantastic uh, basketball player, but he doesn't, didn't start playing basketball until he was in ninth grade. And so maybe that's why he was able to be so passionate about it is because he wasn't burnt out. And I get it. Like, some people are going to, like, just thumbs down me right away by even saying any of this. And that's fine, because if that's what makes your family happy and brings them joy, then that's your family. But for me and my husband, we just felt like that we were just running, running, running for little reason. And there were so many other things that we needed to be focused on as a family. And spending time together was one of those. We already have kind of crazy work schedules, very practices, and then just studying for school in the mix of that. Then there's no time left. And my boys, they like to play outside. We like to see them get dirty and just play and um, have imaginations and be able to just experience a little bit slower pace of life. Now, at any moment, we may change our minds and we may be signed up for the next team out there. But so far, we've held to our guns through two seasons of um, like football and then now basketball. And so far, no one's really complained very much. Um. Another thing is buying into the chaos. So my kids are in school. They have homework, like, well, kind of homework. It's not necessarily, it's mostly studying, but there are some extra things they could do. And we kind of pick and choose those things. I mean, I just don't, I don't think, and neither does their teacher think that they need to be spending hours a day at home working on homework. But some things we look at and we see, okay, you're doing fine in this. We're not going to, we're not going to touch on this today. 
Not every single assignment's necessary. I understand if it's for a grade, that's a completely different ball game, but you don't have to go all out and do all the extras. Um, and then we have a lot of dress-up days. Not every single dress-up day has to be done all out. I discuss those with my boys and see, hey, do you guys want to participate in this? This is what it's going to look like. Instead of me running around trying to make it perfect, and then they don't give a rip about it. So sometimes we may not do some of the things that other people do, um, but that's okay because we're not buying into the chaos of the world. We're buying into focusing on what is best for our family in this particular time in life. So number three is set boundaries. Y'all, I love boundaries. Boundaries are my friend. I know some of you out there have a hard time with them. I love boundaries. Um, it started with my career. I used to work 24-7, and I realized that no one respected me and saw me as a professional if I was working 24-7. Tell me what professional you know that never is off work. I mean, seriously, doctor, lawyer, um, those are just kind of the quick ones, you know, teachers, anybody you can think of that's a professional, they usually have set work hours. So I set those for myself. I put my phone down. If you message me at seven o'clock at night and you ask me about something, 90% of the time, I'm not going to respond to you because that's my time with my family. So people don't really have an issue with it. They respect that. Now, there are very, very few emergencies in my field. If it was something that was an emergency or something that was, you know, time pressing, obviously I would take care of it, but most things are not emergencies. So even if you're not in a career like mine, like make it a point of putting your phone down. You don't always have to be available. I have literally been tempted to get a house phone. So like if my parents or Justin's parents or somebody needed us, like they could just call the house phone in a true emergency, be like, okay, this is an emergency only line. Call me if you need me. But so many times, like I go outside with the kids and I feel like I have to have my phone on me because what if I miss a phone call from, you know, someone in our family or Justin when he's on his way home from work? Like, it makes me almost feel like I want to beep her. Like, just beat me if you need me and I'll come inside and call you. Like, ugh. but seriously, I mean, so many times we get interrupted in trying to spend that quality time by a phone call or a text message or just anything that's not time pressing but once you see it it's hard to unsee it and then we have to realize too we can't be everywhere and we can't do everything so this is kind of um unpopular opinion but we don't go to every party that we're invited to maybe that be uh, wedding wedding shower baby shower kids parties stuff like that and I I get it like I've seen the thing on Facebook where it's like we invited every kid from the class and no one showed up well that stinks but don't set yourself up for that like I am very very selective on where we where, where we spend our extra free time um obviously we have a rule of immediate family first so like my parents and Justin's parents and then from there, it kind of goes down the line. Um, if it's a very distant relative, then it's hit or miss on if we're going to go. If our kids aren't, they don't know who it is. They don't know who the cousin is. They don't know. Don't, like, obviously, if I tell them birthday party, they're always going to want to go most of the time because, like, cake, hello. But we just 
try to be very selective because we have, we come from large families. We have a ton of friends. Like our friend group is unbelievable. And I'm not talking about like super close friends. I'm just talking about like people that we know. If we went to every single thing we were invited to, we would go somewhere every weekend, all weekend long. And as the kids get older, you know, we'll allow them to make some of those decisions. But for now, if it's not a friend that I know that they play with every day, that they talk to a lot, that I know the parents, then we don't, we don't normally go. But I also don't invite everybody to my kids' birthday parties or something like that and expect them to be there. Um, this is like a double-edged sword. Like, I always feel horrible. This is weird. But I almost hate inviting people to anything because I feel guilty. Is that not weird? Like, I always feel guilty of putting something on their plate that they may not want to do and they feel obligated to do. So I normally will be like, hey, um, we're, you know, we're doing this, but you don't have to come, like, if you don't want to. And sometimes I wait to the last minute to invite people to things because I feel like they don't really want to come. And I know that's crazy, but it's, you know, I don't know. I just feel bad. I just, I just hate putting that extra something on someone's plate that they didn't ask for. But sometimes people get their feelings hurt whenever you don't invite them to things. My husband always says, hey, we're trying to do you a favor, but I get it too. And so I, we kind of have like an open door policy to where my friends um, and like our, you know, family, whatever, they know if we have something that we're doing, they're more than welcome to come. But like, you're not going to hurt our feelings if you don't come. And we want to see them, but we also don't want them to feel like they're rushed or they're feeling, giving up family time or that they don't really want to be there. How crappy is it to go somewhere that you don't even really want to be? That's no fun. So this time of the year gets super busy. Like I've been trying to figure out just a weekend to have our boys at birthday party and every single weekend is full. And so we're trying to figure out, like, do a little yes day for them or something that is easy and they can invite a friend or two and it doesn't really tie up anybody else and get into um, messing up their schedule because, y'all, this time of the year is cray-cray. Like, it is insane. So that brings me to number four. Put margin in your life and learn to enjoy rest. So I had never um, really thought about rest and then its importance. But last year or the year before, I don't know, I've read it like a hundred times at this point, but the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is a fantastic book about slowing down. And they really stress about um, having a Sabbath. And that, that's been something that's really tough for me. Um, I'm not going to try to use the excuse that I don't have time for a Sabbath because I, I, I should make time every week. But I have not prioritized that time. A lot of times I end up showing houses on Sunday afternoons. Um, or you can do your Sabbath any day. But it's that's the only time that everyone's at home at my house. But sometimes my work schedule does not um, allow me to have a 24-hour. Or I do not allow my work schedule to give me 24 hours um, free to do a Sabbath. So is my Sabbath routine perfect? No, it's not even close. But I do really, really strive to find time to rest, and I don't feel guilty about it. If it is Friday night and I want to go to bed at 7.30, like, hey, guys, I'm tired. I'm going to bed at 7.30 tonight. Or if it's Sunday after church and I had planned to clean up outside or clean the house and I just want to rest for a little bit, I'm resting for a little bit. 
if I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I think I could go for a run or I could sit here and read for a while, I'm, I'm going to do whichever one I feel like my spirit's telling me to do. I think that's important. We have to learn how to rest and we can't feel guilty in our rest time. A lot of times um, God's trying to speak to us. He's trying to tell us something, but we will not be still long enough to listen. So Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. He literally tells us to be still, but how often do we, are we still? And being asleep doesn't count. We need to make sure that we carve out time in our day that we can just be still and get into his presence and listen and see if there's anything that he's trying to tell us. There's no telling how much that we miss out on by just running the rat race. And I have been trying to teach my husband about the importance of rest. Um, he doesn't like to rest. He likes to do. But one thing I find that he does is he works or piddles or does whatever until his batteries are completely drained. And then he ends up getting sick or he just feels like garbage. There's always something. He gets sick way more than I do. And I, I say every time it has to be because I prioritize rest. I used to get sick all the time. But ever since I started really, really prioritizing rest, I very rarely get sick. I feel much better just in general. I have more energy during my day to be more productive. And I'm more focused and clear-headed and less grouchy. So, I mean, what's better than that? Like, but for real, like just being able to just calm down and say, okay, it's fine. Mom's going to stay on the couch for a little bit. No big deal. I'm not sick. I'm just resting. You don't have to be exhausted to rest. So I hope that some of these things help you deal with your overwhelm as you enter into this busy holiday season. I think it's important that we remember the reason for this season. And in that, I hope that you can slow down enough to just really be able to connect with God and thank him for this season that you're in and thank him for the things that he's given you. And y'all, I am so thankful that sometimes my plate seems like it's overflowing to be able to express that gratitude is so incredibly important, but also to be able to sit still and reflect on him and ask him, what is it you want me focused on? What activities do you want me involved in? What groups do you want me to spend my time on? Where do you want me? How do you want to use me? And listen and obey. That's the hardest part. Listen and obey. So I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I will see you again next week.